Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and a very happy new year. Welcome along to 2018 as we get our season of IMSA Radio underway slightly earlier than we might have expected. Just uh, listening to our review and we've already brought you the first ever coverage from the homologation test back in December of last year. And now here we are at the Raw once again making history as we... Uh, are bringing you some live coverage for the first time ever and it's a delight to be back in our broadcast booth here in the main grandstand at the green flag for session two of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship 2018 uh, was a couple of minutes ago and we are looking down on a beautiful site with uh, an awful lot of changes made and uh, some infrastructure changes made here at Daytona driving around in the Audi S5 between our booth and Marion's a lot of new tarmac around which at the moment is being taken up by car parking but when we come round to the Rolex 24 at Daytona will be the manufacturer Midway uh, extraordinary amount of uh, new hard standing being put down uh, alongside me to my left uh, is race control. Uh, however, alongside me to my right uh, is Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw. Uh, Shea, uh, I, I, I feel like I should say welcome back to Daytona for you. You must feel like you've never been away in the last couple of weeks uh, around here. I, I didn't leave. I set up a camp under the grandstands. I've been living in a tent underneath. No, it's it's nice to be back here. There's just something right about coming into January getting a rental car and driving to Daytona International Speedway. When you come out of the tunnel for the first time and you're in between these bankings, it feels like January. And for me, Jeremy, that's that's just a rush that never gets old. Well, it particularly felt like January uh, this morning because it was about 34 degrees because we uh, drove in this morning, wasn't it? But uh, no, it's, it is great to be back here. The sun is shining now. It's, 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 it's uh, in my low 50s. It's, re- it's going to be chilly all week long, but uh, lots of cars here, lots of cars on track, lots of excitement to come over the next few days and building towards what should be a fantastic season for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It's Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam. I'm John Hindorf, and we're live from Daytona for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship 2018. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Uh, 
Uh, and Tim Gray pushing the buttons back in the UK to get us uh, on the air. Thank you uh, to Tim for being around. Uh, Kerry was in uh, earlier on today helping us get uh, set up. Uh, let's talk about what happened this morning uh, before we start looking at some times here. Uh, and, and by the way, before we all do all of that, the main reason that we're here is for a race this weekend. We've got the IMSA Prototype Challenge uh, racing here on Saturday, which we'll have live for you in sound and vision. No geo block, no brakes, just all of the action for you. Yeah, check local listings for details, I think is what we say on this. It's uh, on the video player at RadioLamont.com and, of course, on IMSA TV and on the app as well. But we're bringing you a little bit of bonus coverage as we're here, uh, watching a field of 50 cars uh, that have been declared for the Raw before the 24. This is just practice. It's practice before practice, actually. But on Sunday, there is a competitive element. We'll tell you more about that if you aren't across that a little bit later on. Uh, but first of all, this morning, already been a session, share and Cadillac to the four, top four positions. Picking up right where they left off, really was. Uh, we had the Mustang sampling car top of the charts. Now, that's a trio that's the same group of guys as last year, but there will be a change for the upcoming season because Christian Fittipaldi, who's in the car to start this session, will not be the full-time driver. It'll be Joao Barbosa and Philippe Albuquerque. That'll be uh, Team Portugal going forward, but they did claim the top spot. Then it was the defending champions, the 10 Wayne Taylor Racing Connick Minolta car. In third, it was the number 90. Now, you might be thinking, wait a minute, Visit Florida, the Spirit of Daytona racing team, they're not a Cadillac. Well, yes, they are. Mm. And oh, my goodness, does that car look good. Tristan Vaudier and Matt McMurray are going to be the full season pilots for that. They've got Eddie Cheever third in the car with them this weekend. And then the slowest of the Cadillacs, which was kind of a surprise, was that number 31. But they've already looked to uh, start to set things right. Their third quick so far in this session, Mike Conway, behind the wheel. And that full season pairing also changing. Uh, and some changes to the machinery as well, uh, Jeremy, in terms of the, the Cadillacs. The, uh, the engine size has come down quite considerably uh, for, uh, for the, the Cadillacs. Well, it absolutely has. They come down by uh, by uh, three quarters of a litre. So 6.2 litres V8 last season, down to 5.5 this year. So they've been sleeved down somewhat. Uh, they, they've lost a little bit of horsepower compared to certainly what the engine is ultimately capable of, which, which is kind of what we saw here at the Rolex 24 last year. Didn't subsequently, of course, because the thing was pegged back in order to bring it back into line with the other prototype cars under the new DPI regulations for the 2017 season. So uh, I think uh, it, it's a smart move by, by uh, Cadillac and by the uh, ECR guys, that the uh, engine builders, to uh, give up a little of, uh, of the cubic capacity, but I think that probably brings it more into line in terms, in terms of the other cars with which is it, is, it is competing. Uh, I think in, in overall lap time, it's not going to lose much, but it should gain some in drivability and more, like, more than likely in, uh, in uh, fuel consumption as well. And it also answers a lingering question from the December test. When we were here about a month ago, the only Cadillac that was running was the 10. They had their engine taken to NASCAR Tech R&D, uh, impounded, if you will, 
right as the third session was ending, a lot of people were scratching their heads going, why is this the case? This is a new engine for Wayne Taylor Racing. Well, it was the case because it, it was a new engine. It was a completely new uh. engine. And IMSA wanted to do a little bit further research with it. So it answered that question that we've had for a month. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the big thing, of course, that I get out of this is the, the fact that the... I was going to say the issue. One of the one of the issues that the very brilliant IMSA technical team, my nominations for non-drivers of the year mm -hmm. in our uh, Man of the Year show at the end of 2017, one of the issues that they had was not necessarily the power of that big engine, but the amount of torque that it produced. And that car was an extraordinary torquey beast. Ooh. And uh, it may be that that gives everybody a little bit more flexibility. We have a battle developing on track between, was that one of the Penske's and uh, the Mustang sampling car? As yeah. they came off turn four, they were side by side. And they're going to turn one. Let's get the binoculars out. There we go. And it's the Mustang sampling car that just had to, no, that just has got ahead. That's the, uh, they're both, the Mustang sampling car, not running any usual red, of course. Uh, that's the black, 31. Black, oh, black, and black, black and white and gold it was last season. Or white, black and gold probably. This year it's oh, more yes, sort of right. charcoal colour yeah, and uh, and with the gold. So yeah, different livery on that car. And the Penske car's running in all black as well at yeah. this test. As are the uh, Patron ESM cars for the moment. I presume that won't be the same for the season. But there is one car that has a livery now that didn't at the December test. And that is the Core Autosport machine, the number 54. It's an Orca this year, and now they've got it looking very much like their PC car used to it. It's a really good look to that car with the white, the orange, and a little bit of purple on the front. And fin. Colin Brown has just put that car to the top of the times with there a 137.303, uh, and that is a full second ahead of everyone else. Uh, second, the number 90 Cadillac, the Spirit of Daytona. Going to have to get used to seeing that again. That sort of just bit of retro there. Ryan Hunter Ray in the number 10. Konica Minolta Cadillac, then Christian Fittipaldi in the five, Mike Conway in the 31. So again, the four Cadillacs, Jeremy, very close together at the top of the field, but now usurped by that Orica, the Court Autosport Orica, Colin Brown loves this place. Colin loves this place, doesn't he, Jeremy? Yeah, he certainly does, and uh, I, I think uh, still holds the... Uh PC lap record around here in qualifying from uh, several years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Well, and he's also um, the fastest man ever around this track. Yes, because they did that. Uh, <laughs> what was it? That in they screwed everything down and went bonkers. It was with uh, Michael Shank Racing, where he went 222.971 miles per hour. Just insane to think about. And that time that uh, Colin Brown has turned in this session, 137.303. That's within a tenth of a second of the best time set this morning by Philippe Albuquerque in a, a 137.266. So uh, not quite down to that yet, but uh, still a long, long way to go. It's the two-hour practice session this afternoon for the IMSA Weather Tech Sports Car Championship. And we should explain particularly it's... Um, what time is it over in Europe? Quarter nine uh, in Europe. Um, I dare say one or two. You might be keeping one eye on the uh, on the FA Cup uh, between Liverpool and, and Everton. Um, a lot of Europeans will be wondering what we're doing here. 
because this isn't part of the race weekend as yet. Um, yet it is a very important part, Jeremy, and has been for some time of the build-up to the race for these teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a traditional get-together, and you know, if you're going to be entered for the for the Rolex 24 these days, you have to attend the the raw test. Uh, so you know, it's an opportunity to to shake up all the cobwebs. Uh, for the teams, uh, and also an opportunity for, for all the media uh, responsibilities to be to be commenced at the very least. Drivers are in for headshots, uh, interviews with uh, TV stations, and for us as well. It's a great opportunity for us to come here and find out you know who, who the new players are, what changes have been amongst the teams, and you know we've already talked about a few you know, livery changes and quite a lot a lot of driver changes. Um, and, and new teams coming into the series as well. So it's an opportunity for everybody to get up to speed. And, you know, for, for, for many of the drivers, and I'm thinking now particularly someone like, for example, Fernando, Al Fernando Alonso uh, and, and the other you know, F1 test drivers that are here and single-seater drivers from Europe who are here, gaining their first experience, really, of multi-class racing. So for them, it's really important to get an opportunity to get out on the racetrack and find out what it is like to be... Uh, out on the racetrack at the same time with other cars that are going significantly slower on the banking and with a, a vast range a driver a dr range of driver experience having said that in the old days here at the Rolex 24 there was always used to be you know, a whole bunch of make weights at the back of the field who were way off the pace you know cars were you were bolting it bolted to get last minute and spewing out whatever uh, and you know really not expected the same to, the to bottle, go this wasn't it yes but nowadays scratch that i mean that, there's no none field of that. fillers no field fillers whatsoever everybody that is here is here on a professional basis but still for the drivers that are new to this form of racing it's a fabulous opportunity to get used to, to what they're going to have to be experiencing in in a couple of weeks time and the other part of that is we used to have a lot of drivers who would show up to the roar with helmet in hand looking for a ride now that's not the case well yeah the, the, oh, trust me well, they're there, there's but they're still not some finding there. rides. No, there's, there's a few. There's a few rides still to be sorted here, certainly. Yeah. Uh, even, even probably not in the prototypes, uh, although may, maybe there are. Certainly, the uh, the bar one car doesn't seem to be filled filled at this time. And you can have a lot more drivers in the car now. Yeah. Yes. Very few teams um, go to. Is it five? Five. For yeah. for GTD, you may have five. For prototype, it's four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and quite a few other teams are just staying with three yes. in the prototypes. And uh, certainly in GTLM, uh, I think that we're all... Th no, well, apart from BMW, BMW. they're all uh, three driver outfits in uh, GT uh, Le Mans. In GT Daytona, most of them are four, and as you say, say some of them are five. Just a, a quick piece of housekeeping for our other broadcasts uh, this weekend. And uh, a reminder that the effectively the headline event as far uh, as our coverage this weekend is live uh, race coverage of the opening round of a new format for the IMSA prototype challenge it's the scouts of America one hour 45 minute race here on Saturday afternoon still two classes but now it's a two driver race uh, for the IMSA prototype challenge presented by Mazda uh, and uh, 25 cars will be doing battle on Saturday in sound and vision. Uh, if you have the bandwidth or you're sitting at home. Uh, and a reminder that all of the IMSA development series are available here in the US as well as globally. 
So uh, that uh, includes the prototype challenge, the Porsches. We've got Ferraris here uh, at the uh, at the Rolex 24 itself, uh, and the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. That's a four-hour race come uh, their opener here in a couple of weeks' time. All of those races are always available without interruption, live and free, with streaming video and uh, our trackside commentary uh, for you in the States and worldwide. Uh, for the IMSA WeatherTech Series races, of which we'll be kicking off, of course, uh, with the Rolex in a couple of weeks' time, uh, the international feed is always available without interruption and using the only team that is trackside for all of the events. That's the IMSA radio team. Uh, for those of you in the States, you uh, probably have seen already that once again it is the uh, Fox Sports Network who will be giving you your live coverage and a mixture of uh, FS1 and FS2 for Daytona. Just uh, looking from those, the uh, first practice session this morning, I think uh, both the uh, the uh, IMSA Prototype Challenge presented by Mazda and the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. They both had two practice sessions already today. I don't have the times from the second session, although they're probably actually online. But uh, as you, since you're talking about the, the first prototype challenge, which will take place uh, tomorrow, isn't it, on Saturday, uh, fastest in the first session was Sean Rahal uh, for KR, K2R Motorsports. Bobby Golazinski, former uh, IndyCar crew chief, runs that team for Rob Hoders. That's the car number 51 who was fastest in the uh, first session this morning. Second quickest was Kenton Cook, the, who uh, came close to winning the championship last season. It was the first year for the LMP3 prototypes. Driving for P1 Motorsports in car number 25. He'll be sharing that car with Joel Janko. Third fastest in the first session. Three different teams. Extreme Speed Motorsports car number three. That's Maxwell Hanratty and uh, Michael Weldon making his return to the series. Uh, those were the top three cars in the first session which took place uh, earlier this morning. They looked and sounded fabulous on the banding, particularly those big five-litre uh, engined uh, LMP cars. Threw you for a loop to see an open cockpit oh, car. I, I, for some reason I had in my mind that we weren't having the MPC cars this year um, as part of the changes. And, I, and I'm, I was driving around and I thought, oh, I'll pull over and watch these for a little moment or two. And went, oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, it's an MPC car. Right, okay. The sound gave it away, of course, because it's that really high-pitched, screaming two-litre Mazda engine being thrashed within an inch of its, an inch of its life. Sounded great. The, the throatier more rumbly are the, uh, the cars at the front. That's all to come tomorrow in the Scouts of America. Uh, hour and 45 minute race that opens the IMSA Prototype Challenge for 2018 and it's live here on RS2 IMSA Radio and also in sound and vision on IMSA.TV the IMSA app. You have got the IMSA app haven't you? I mean it's on three different platforms. Really? Yeah. Uh, just go to the App Store and search IMSA app. See, it's all right there. there. Yep. Right there. I've got, got it. it. I've got it too. Yeah. yeah. Multiple platforms. Yes. If you're on Apple or, or Blackberry. You know, Android. Android. Yeah. Uh, there it is. It was on your home screen. Where is it? Yeah, right there. There, there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect for in radio. Between, in between version, Virgin and BBC iPlayer. Perfect. Obviously. Where else would you put it? That's all you uh, need. We are... Uh, we still have an hour and 39 minutes to go. 20 minutes gone. And it's still the 54 Orica. Uh, the 54-core Orica that leads Colin Brown's time. He's been in the pit since that time was put in. And Matt McMurray has now come up to second in the 
sprint of Daytona number 90 Cadillac and has closed the gap now down to eight tenths of a second. Okay, I'm not sure whether uh, it was Matt. It, it was, was Matt. Matt. Okay, yeah. fine. I, I was talking to Ricky Cameron earlier on, who is the uh, the uh, chief engineer, race the, the technical manager for the Spirit of Daytona team, and. He had his first test with Matt McMurray driving fairly recently, and he was very, very impressed by young Matt McMurray. We've seen Matt racing now for several years, uh, in the uh, primarily in the the uh, Prototype Challenge Series, as now is. Um, moved up into prototypes over the last three or four years, raced in Europe quite a bit. Uh, last year, he raced in the North American Endurance Championship, with, but in a GTD uh, car. That was for the Park Place Motorsports Porsche team, but now back into the prototypes and at the top of the tree now in the uh, overall prototype ranks and uh, showing himself very, very uh, skillfully in the eyes of Ricky Cameron, who's been around this business a long, long time. An Orica and a Cadillac have turned the exact same time down to the thousandth of a second. And slide themselves in between <laughs> Matt McMurray and Colin Brown, and now it's just half a second. This is getting interesting already. So now the top of the timing and scoring reads 54. Just gone back out again with Colin Brown still at the wheel. Then it's uh, Robin French behind the wheel of the 37 Orica and Mike Conway in the 31. French, who has uh, uh, been doing a bit of Porsche racing in the Middle East, quite successfully, uh, along with his other exploits. I've commentated on him in the past. The 37 is the Jotler-run Jackie Chan DC racing car. And, and Alex Prendel doesn't want to be left out of the party. If his team car can go to P2, he can at least pull himself up to P5. So Alex is dealing himself in gently then. Had a quick chat with him at lunchtime at Marion's. Always uh, the right place to go to find out what's going on. The wheel and engineering racing car in third position then the Cadillac of Ryan Hunter Ray the number 10 he's then just the jumped up into, yeah. into fourth hasn't he so all of a sudden improvements coming along it's still pretty cold out there it was sitting right on freezing this morning in fact I did have a minus number at one stage uh, minus half a degree Celsius and it's been hovering around one or two degrees not much more even though it's been quite bright and sunny there's a little bit of cloud cover at the moment high white cirrus clouds and Nick Tandy is off at NASCAR banking turn two I saw the red S come up next to his name on the timing and scoring yeah he's down on the apron share does and traveling have, slowly does he have a puncture does he have damage to the back of that car because it looks slightly shorter than it should Could I think it might be a left rear puncture oh. we well, don't have our we don't have uh, TV for any of these sessions but the great news is that in this commentary position we can see and I remember binoculars so I hope I'll get some brownie points for I'm that I'm impressed Adam. with that I'm, I'm very impressed when but I came with only a haversack as luggage well that in itself is impressive his pit box is directly across from our comms booth though so we will be able to tell when he comes back in just what the damage is live from trackside at Daytona for the Raw 2018 as we're just coming up to Half an hour completed, 25 minutes completed. Jeremy Shawshier, Adam and John Hindhoff. Ryan Hunter rear, very quick indeed in the second two sections and puts in his best at 37-9. Fernando Alonso, by the way, is at the wheel of the 23 United Autosports Leisure, sitting in ninth position at the moment. 
and has just put that car's best lap in, 38.6. It's pretty tight, barely two seconds between the top 13, 14 cars. And it's Ricky Taylor for Acura, who is in 14th at the moment for the Penske Acura. How are the new boys doing? We'll talk about the other classes. I, I, I realise we've only talked about prototype at the moment, but we've got bags of time to fill, and there are a lot of prototypes to yes. talk about. Uh, the new Acuras, the 12 has Juan Montoya at the wheel. He's just pitted, uh, and he is in the sixth, rather, is in 12th position. Uh, the second of the Acuras of Ricky Taylor is in 14th position. Mazdas, the Yost Mazdas. Harry Tinknell is out there in the 55. No, he's not. He's just in the pit lane. Where's the second one, then? It's not that gone out yet. That would be the 77. We just done, it's did... It did uh, Tony Jarvis in that yeah, car. Yeah, not even done an insulation lab in that car. So right. Don't, don't look at, it's not even on the pit lane, is it? Qu quick word... Uh, negative. Quick word about the GT Le Mans class as Nick Tandy is down onto the apron early coming out of stock car turn four and... Yeah, it's going very slowly. I think yeah. he's got a puncture. Car does not look right at the back of the car. It is Earl Bamber in the 912 Porsche that has the fastest time of 44.0 ahead of Richard Westbrook in the 67 Ford. Then Nick Tandy. They're all in 44s. 44.0, 44 44.3, 44.4, 44.7. Alessandro Pagidi in the first of the Ferraris. That is the 62 which is the Risi car. Two cars for Risi here this weekend in two different categories. BMW 24 had a problem this week, uh, this week, this this morning, should I say, and had to be pulled off the circuit and recovered. Didn't get to the bottom of that. Is that a, is that a puncture on that car? Is he just... Well, the right sides don't look fully inflated. It slid to a stop as he They're going for right in. sides only, aren't they? Uh, well, no, not yet. Because they do the uh, pit change, oh, no. they yeah, don't lower yeah, the have... lefts until the last minute. Now they're changing the left. I think it was well. a left rear puncture. I said that at the start, and now I've got to keep an eye yeah, on that tyre when it comes off. Well, they've removed it. They haven't yet put it back up over the wall. No, they haven't. It's this is the number nine eleven car. New feature on the side of the cars this year: the pit stop time in purple, running at the moment thirty eight seconds already on that car I can see with the help of the binoculars I'm not going to pretend that my eyes are that good they are so looking under the left impressed. they are looking at the left rear of that car and they've put that John, Michelin tyre to one side the tyre that's sitting right at the back of the car came off the right rear oh that was the right was rear is it no okay. left rear tyre on that car when it came in no the w um, it wasn't sitting that far red flag well they are looking at a tyre in the gap. They are right beside the gap. They've got the pits beside the gap with the Rolex clock. And they have taken one of the tyres away. And the Michelin technicians Oops. are looking at it. The spinner coming off uh, turn six there. Or apparently the car was up at the top of the banking now to the bottom. You can see what that car is, John, go very slowly on the inside of uh, NASCAR turn one. It's, yeah. it's a prototype. It's a prototype, yeah. Uh, blue and white. Blue and white. And a bit of red. Is it one of the... Uh, United? It's yeah. one of the United cars. Can't tell you which one at the moment. Um, so we'll watch the timing screen to see who comes back in slowly. The 
23 of Fernando Alonso still out on course. The 32, Bruno Senna still out on course. So, our yeah, and two that's the car that's shown in the first sector going very slowly. Look at that. that, that yes. Well, the time there is probably. Bruno Senna outlap. could have been coming out of the pit. I think that's an outlap. Yeah. So, red flag here, live. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us at IMSA Radio. And hello to Carol Brink, listening in to Prescott Motorsport. Your calendar was fabulous, by the way. Well done. Very impressed with that. And I believe there is a reprint with all the uh, proceeds going to Benefit Mission Motorsport. So that's very good indeed. that United car coming out, of the, coming bus out stop. of the bus stop now yep. and the bus stop this year is is different uh, race control elected to actually put tire bundles there yeah. instead of coming to a complete stop and then rejoining they've made it so that you lose somewhere in the region of six to eight seconds if you elect to go through the tire chicanes uh, let me quickly run down some of the other times then we did the first of the GTLMs first of the Chevy Corvettes Mike Rockenfeller sixth position in the number three car with uh, a Porsche, uh, two Porsches, two Fords and a Ferrari ahead of him. Uh, the GTD leader on the time, Marcus Winkelhock in the number 44 Audi with, um, that's Kelvin van der Linde, isn't it? That's in the 29 car, the Land. Both of them. Both brothers are sharing the car. Oh, are they? Yeah. How annoying. So it's, it's Kelvin and Sheldon alongside of Christopher Mies and Jeffrey Schmidt. For the land. Sheldon van der Linde, um, superb at the Nürburgring uh, earlier in the season. And Petit Le Mans. And Petit Le Mans. There. Uh, that's the uh, land, the Monteplast by land uh, car that, uh, one of the cars that they have uh, entered for the full season this year. Then on your screen, Jeremy, that's is that the right team? Yeah. 29? Yep. They, Green and white they, car? Yep. They're deciding they're whether or not to go to a full season. I thought, I, heard. I thought they had said they were doing a full season. They certainly said they wanted to. Ah, right. That was their intention and, ah. and, and or hope. Slight difference in uh, livery for those guys with a two-tone green and white, Is but it? with the most fabulous use of uh, LED strips uh, on that car. In second place. Third is Jörg Bergmeister in the park place Porsche. Uh, then it is the Acura number 93 and some new drivers there as well, uh, yeah. Jeremy, to talk about. And, and some of those, in fact, just confirmed relatively recently. Well, that's true. That's uh, Comey Ledegar, the, the Frenchman in the car number 93. He was a McLaren driver, I think, mm -hmm. wasn't he, in the, in the Blancpain series last season. So switching across now to uh, Acura to join that number 93 team this weekend, Michael Shank Racing. Uh, he'll be sharing that car with uh, regular full-season drivers. are going to be Justin Marks. Good to see him back in the series on a full-time basis, uh, along with Lawson Larschenbach. Uh, they will share that number 93 car full-season. And uh, Komi Ledogar is joined by the uh, younger of the two Farnbacher brothers. That would be Mario. Uh, they will be sharing that number 93 car this weekend for Michael Shank Race. Number 86 car is uh, got a, an all-star lineup as well. Catherine Legg. Uh, along with Alvaro Parent, uh, then Trent Hinman and AJ Allmendinger joining in for the 24 hours. So, really is a super strong lineup for Michael Shank Racing. Th there's a number of them, aren't there? Really, as well. That G the GTD category wow. looks absolutely outstanding. And oh, remember, we've only got three classes here. 
there are no prototype challenge cars in the main field uh, that is uh, just the three classes then so two GT classes GT Le Mans GT3 cars and uh, uh, sorry GT Le Mans GTE cars and GT Daytona which are GT3 cars and uh, Jeremy you, you were talking to uh, the man at the head of the BMW operation Bobby Rahal this morning and he was full of praise for that new BMW in the GT Le Mans class it's a it's a real racing car he said it, 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 correct uh, uh, interestingly I was also talking to a couple of the crew guys uh, after that and uh, <laughs> the guys who have to work on it yes <laughs> uh, and they were actually saying the cars are not terribly easy to work on no. if you need to make any changes to the car you've got to do a lot of fiddling around to yeah. get to where you, the, the bits you want to change so that was kind of interesting um, they, they've had a few little gremlins I believe on those cars in, in, again including one this morning don't know what it was but certainly the missed car missed more than half the session this morning you did it yeah uh, but uh, certainly the, you know, the cars have got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of optimism coming into this season and you know, one of the goals is with, with uh, BMW now also back racing this car in Europe as well uh, and you know they're really planning on having a lot of transfer of data between the, the two teams running on either side of, uh, of the big of the uh, the big blue sea they've even transferred drivers they yes. took Martin Tomczak who drove here full season last year for the program across there and they've brought uh, Philip Bang and Augusto Farfus they're both driving in the Rolex getting experience for their season back in Europe well Ford have done that in the past and yeah. I, I, you know talking to the drivers I never think it's a bad thing to do it might not be the same series it might not be exactly the same regulations sometimes it's not even exactly the same compound and construction of tires that you're using even though it might be the same manufacturer but Jeremy there's nothing like getting miles in the car that you're going to race yeah, exactly right. Uh, you know, it's an awful lot to be gained, and you know they're going to have the same sort of competition uh, on either side. You know, whichever championship they're doing, it's going to be super, super tight. So the more data they can get, uh, I think, is, is only going to benefit them. And the, the other, the other Sorry, newcomer, of course, in in that uh, BMW Team RLL team for this for, for this year, Conor Di Filippi yeah. joining in. That's a, a uh, that was a, a surprise for me certainly. I mean, Connor has built a pretty good base with Audi over the last couple of couple of seasons. Have driven for Porsche before that. It's still only 25 years of age, uh, which is uh, pretty remarkable. But you know, a just fine young 25. man. Yeah, just over Christmas Day, oh, it's his birthday, geez. and um, he is a uh, you know a fine young man. He's going to be a great addition, not only to, to for BMW, and he was he was actually recruited from from the European side of things, uh, and uh, I think he's. A big uh, benefit for the team, for BMW and the Intermediate Sports Car Championship as well. Really personable young man from Southern California, now making a, a new home in uh, North Carolina. But uh, you know he's going to be uh, he's going to be a great addition. Deserves the chance, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. No doubt, super talent. No doubt. Um, I've seen him uh, racing uh, in Europe quite a lot, and in some of the preventing events as well, out in Dubai and places like that. And you know, he, he's taken to endurance racing like a duck to water. Plus, you know, he's a former winner of the Walter Hayes Trophy. So, you know, uh, you Formula Ford race. You can throw a Formula Ford around at Silverstone yes, in November. Yes. You can pretty much drive anything. Quack, quack. Yeah, well, yes, ex exactly. Uh, we have got an hour and 23 minutes to go. Romain Dumas is now aboard the Corp Orica, which still is the top of the times with uh, those... Identical times in second place, so 37-3 or 3, uh, which Colin Brown put in earlier on, on his fifth lap out of the pits. Uh, and it's still Robin Freinsch in 
the JDCD car, Jackie Chan DC Racing car, uh, and just going back out again, the number 31 with uh, Stuart Middleton, British driver, in that car. And uh, yes, winner of the Snowco Challenge, and this is a big, a big jump for Stuart Middleton, that's for sure. The Sunoco Challenge winners always seem to have bitten off a lot to chew for this race. They, they always take these kids who are young and up-and-comers and give them an opportunity to drive with a championship-winning car at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Won yeah, Seth Morris last year, well, he was yeah. mighty, mighty impressive. And who was it, Phil Keen before that? He was part of the program, yeah. wasn't Phil, he? And Phil Keen. Yeah, they, they've very probably got more experience driver. perhaps than Stuart Middleton. He's, this is going to be a steep but learning he, curve he was Stuart. the British GT for... GT champion this year. GT, from GT4 to uh, prototype, that's <laughs> a, a heck step. of a leap. <laughs> and uh, Rick Parfitt, of course, is the other part of that. He'll be in the Continental uh, Challenge here in a couple of yeah, weeks' time. That, that, that's, uh, that for him, you know, as a regular GT3 driver, he won the GT3 mm. British, British GT Championship last season. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, Delighted that's for him for that, actually. Really, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's worked really hard for that. I remember when he was uh, uh, doing his karting and he's come up, he's worked really hard in the endurance side of things. One of the hardest working guys I know because in his time away from the track he uh, runs a very successful band, Rick Parfit Band, and uh, he is working pretty much eight days a week. Quite extraordinary amount of work that Rick puts in. So Ryan Hunter Ray just pitting the number 10 Cadillac and that's in its usual place towards pitting in fact it is the first pit as earned by winning pitting. the championship yeah which will not be the same for the Rolex it's a good, it's a good point that and, and I did say we'd come back to this for those of you who haven't heard and I I, I, uh, I know that you, a lot of you will dip in and out of what's going on but on Sunday for the first time we have a competitive part of the raw for the main show now we've got a race on saturdays we keep mentioning the imsa prototype challenge one hour and 45 minute race which we'll have live for you in sound and vision but on sunday there is effectively a qualifying session now we're not qualifying for grid places we're qualifying for pit position and in garages the race. and garages yeah so there's a half an hour on sunday morning uh, yes, morning. Yep. There's a half an hour practice session that leads into three separate qualifying sessions competitively timed for each of the classes GTD, GT Le Mans and the prototype classes. And from those times sets your uh, pit position for the Rolex 24 here at Daytona. So the way that the pit lane is going to work this year is slightly different. Obviously, we're one class fewer than we have been in the yeah. past. So the pit boxes will be allocated prototype, GTD, GTLM, GTD, prototype, GTD. It's going to go that way oh, really? because the pit sequences are going to be different. When we pit under caution, the pro classes will pit together. Ah. So prototype and GTLM and then GTD will come in on the second time around. Okay. They're spacing out the teams by putting a GTD car An in between. An extra GTD yes. car in between. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes perfect sense to me. Yep. Uh, and fair play to IMSA for having a think about that and and how it goes. Is there 
and I'll throw this to both of you. Is there that much advantage to where you are in the pit lane? Jeremy, what do the teams think? Well, y y yes. I mean, if you're... If you have a problem, the closer you are to the garage area certainly is a benefit a because point. you can just you can just go straight you know straight back there. And if you're closer to uh, to where the cars come off the racetrack, you know you're going to save a little bit of time there. Uh, but also, you know, you know, logistically, if you're if you're pit out, let's say, that's a heck of a long way from your transporters and yep. everything else. So if re if you do have reasons to go back and forth from one to the other, it's a heck of a long way to go. Plus, you've got to go all the way down the back of a very narrow alley, yep. effectively, that leads behind the pits. And also, you know, there's a lot of benefits to being by one of the uh, breaks in the wall, in the wall. as well. Uh, that that uh, one of those at the very, very beginning. And uh, there's Twen two other breaks as well. So 21 is the pit that's right next to the the middle gap, which the is right in front of us, which is where Porsche is. The yeah. Rolex gantry yeah, is, the Rolex uh, gantry, yeah. is that break in the wall. It's what it's referred to on the pit lane. But the problem during the race is that they don't encourage cars to, to go, go in out and out there. of pit lane there. If you have a problem and you need to egress off pit lane, you need to do it through the box before the first pit box. So right. as Jeremy said, it's important for your team to be able to get back to the garage quickly because the car is going to be coming in from one location no matter what out at the moment is Ferdinand Habsburg in the number 78 Oregon this is a young man of royal lineage who's been plying his trade in Europe most likely in Formula 3 although I saw him in and was very impressed with him actually in Formula Renault I think it was a couple of years ago now at the as a support to the last ELMS race from memory. He's driving with Hope in Tung, Alex Brundle, and Antonio Felix de Costa. That's not a bad lineup either, is it? <laughs> oh, there, 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 are, there are no bad lineups either. But talking of uh, Habsburg, he, he's done a lot of racing the last few years in, in the junior open wheel ranks and raced in New Zealand, I think, for two years in the uh, Toyota Racing Series, kind of this time of year. Uh, you know, Formula 3, full season of Formula 3 last season, including making a bit of a name for himself at Macau. I don't know whether you saw the, uh, the final, the, the end of that oh, race, but uh, yeah. he took the lead at the final corner, uh, carried too much speed, he crashed on the exit, uh, hit the wall heavily. In fact, both the first two both crashed Correct. at the final corner, and that allowed uh, Dan Tickton, wasn't it, to yep. come through and win the race. Uh, so you uh, certainly gained a bit of notoriety there. But no, he is a talented young man, and uh, as you say, is a pretty uh, uh, royal lineage there as well and a very uh, impressive uh, name overall not just uh, not just not just a pretty face let's say yeah reading that name and then going hang yeah. on a second Habsburg Habsburg what yeah it is oh, that Habsburg Marie yes. Antoinette yeah oh okay I studied that the royal house of Austria <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh, he's in with some motor racing royalty as well isn't he in the prototype category when you look down at some of the guys who won't be with us for all the season but uh, you know uh, Paul De Rest is here uh, with Bruno Senna Hugo de Sadelia and Will Owen in the United Autosports number 32 car Lance Stroll with Felix Rosenquist Daniel Juncadella and Robert Freinsch um, you know, is that correct, correct, correct pronunciation by the way of um, Freinsch yes that's what I'm told by my Dutch like Heinz like Heinz. Mm -hmm. Like Heinz. Oh, okay. Catch up. Um, no chance to get down there yet. For Jackie Chan DC Racing Jordan. Uh, I notice now that's Jackie Chan DCR uh, 
Jota. So, sort of getting more towards JCDC as we always call them. <laughs> Just extraordinary they'll, driver lineups, though. They'll learn eventually. One car, I, I heard you start to ask Jeremy earlier, who we haven't yet seen out yes. on track. The 77, so that is the Oliver Jarvis out at Mazda. Dollar in the jar, I will do it. I'm sorry, I almost said it. Um, Ollie Jarvis was supposed to take that car out, that Mazda. He has not yet done so. He is sharing with Tristan Nunez and Rene Rast when we talk about great names. How about the reigning DTM champ? The other car that has yet to go that out. The first time of asking, by the way. First time in the say race. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll give him a rookie year. Oh, wait, he goes out and wins the champ. And he was That's really. I was at that race at Hockenheim Ring and. I sat down with him. Um, he, he's such a lovely lad, Rene. He came to the after party really, really early. And it just so happened that I was really, really there early because I wanted to get away. And I sat down and did a little interview for, with him for Midweek Motorsport. And he was genuinely excited about that. And genuinely, he said, look, I know racing drivers will always tell you that you don't enter to come second. But this has been a heck of a year and it didn't look like he was going to win the championship going into that weekend no it, and you know I like Rene I, I think this is going to be really interesting seeing him in the uh, in this prototype we know what he can do and and he's won at Daytona twice yeah. this is a big year for Mazda um, having called a halt Jeremy to last year a halfway through the year to go down take that car basically scratch their heads have a look at it and come back stronger getting team Joost on board as well they they really haven't got three or four races to get themselves played in they've got to hit the ground running haven't they yeah they have and uh, yeah, they've certainly been working hard on that here over the winter months they've got to set up a new base uh, in the Atlanta area haven't they right. and uh, you know they've been they've been out pounding around at the, at the racetracks in testing getting some miles onto that new newly developed uh, Moldomatic uh, car and hopefully they will hit the ground running. Certainly it's very, very important because Mass has put an awful lot uh, at, at stake here uh, with that car. They've uh, got a lot of development, they've got good drivers, they've changed a lot of things around and this is a big year for them. Good, however, to see that they've kept faith with Spencer Piggott uh, and Tristan Nunez. And Jonathan Bomarito. Yeah. They brought back half the team. Yeah. The 51 is stopped out on track oh. uh, at the bottom of NASCAR turn two, at the bottom of the banking. We do have a red flag to go and recover that car. Daniel Sarah is behind the wheel This is of the spirit Ferrari. of race Ferrari, yes, a GT3 Ferrari. Uh, driving alongside Paul Dallalana, Pedro Lamy, and Matthias Lauda. So three guys that we don't associate with Ferraris. Yeah. <laughs> this, it's an interesting one, this. We, we've seen um, Paul, Pedro, and Matthias in... A Mercedes at Bathurst last year. Yes, yes, that's where we saw them, that's yeah. right. And, you know, all right, that that's interesting because the, that was a, a one-off race. Um, they haven't got a particularly full calendar this year those three drivers doing the transition season in the WEC means they've only got four races I think this this year five races maybe now the other Aston Martin drivers from the works team have all been signed up to do multiple pro programs and details of that have started to come out now and so there'll be some Blancpain running we've got uh, some of them in British GT 
I expect, although I don't know, I'm guessing this, but I expect that they will announce something for Nürburgring 24. But of course, for the customer cars in WEC, customer car for in WEC, it's not so easy. Um, that said, I wonder if Paul might look to do something over here in the NEC races. His, yeah, that would be good. His background is over here. Yeah. He started uh, racing Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Right. Uh, of course, this is a guy who has a real life, as Jeremy <laughs> likes to say. What do you do in the real world? And he has a very busy full-time career where he spends more time traveling for work than he does for fun. Um, so I would love to see him come do something over here. I, I don't know if this is a preview of that or if this is just a one-off because, as you know, he loves this race. Yeah, he does, and uh, uh, it would be great to see you. We'll, we'll try and uh, have a word with him and find out for that for sure. A couple of changes, by the way, just before this red flag came out. New fastest overall time uh, in this session. Uh, Christian Filippaldi has turned a 137.269 in the number five Mustang sampling. That's the Action Express Cadillac. So Cadillac's back to the top of the charts overall in car number five. Um, almost identical to the lap time set this morning in the uh, in that car was it was fastest this morning Albuquerque wasn't it yeah it was number five car fastest this morning as well so yep. uh, 137.2 then overall and in GT Daytona just before the red flag came out Matteo Cairoli in the Manti racing kind of a 59 went to the top in GT Daytona that's the Porsche at a one minute uh, 47.240, so that eclipsed the time set a little earlier by Mantra Winkelhock in number 44 Magnus Racing Audi. And talking of Magnus Racing, good to see John Potter and the Magnus Racing guys back in the Interweather Sports Car Championship. Full season ride with John yeah. Potter and Andy Lally, the two primary drivers. And that, was again, a, that was a bit of a... Bit of a shock that Andy jumped across to that. Yeah, yeah, he he, he loves working with John Potter. Uh, uh, yeah, had a great time together in the years they spent in the uh, IMSA series before that, and even last year, Andy was over at Magnus Racing a lot of the uh, World Challenge races that that John was doing, helping coaching wh whatever he needed to do. And uh, so it's you know they've uh, they're finally back together again, those two, and, and Andy's re really excited about the opportunity. Yeah, good to have Difficult decision he, he said oh, he had to make because oh, yeah. he was Very driving uh, with the Michael Shank Racing Acura team, which he absolutely loved as well yeah. last well, season. And there's another team we should say. Great effort by Michael Shank, by Mike Shank himself, to get two cars mm -hmm. into the championship. That a, a slight change in regulations from IMSA in GT Daytona uh, that precluded de facto factory teams taking part in the in what is a, a definite pro-am category and not to put too fine a point find a point on it that left a bit of a hole in the finances and michael had to go out and and find the wherewithal to to go and run two cars and he has done yeah and, and I, I think that's a cracking job yeah and the second car was only uh, sort of confirmed really last week or so wasn't it really so uh, that that is that is excellent news and of course there's a third Acura are going to be racing in the at, this, at the moment just the Tequila Patron North American Endurance Championship races, the four events. That's Daytona, Sebring, Watkins Glen, and Petit Le Mans for the Honda of America racing team. Hart team running a third NSX, so that's uh, great They've to see that team back in. Dying business. to get yeah. their hands on one of those for a 
what since it's been running they've yeah, well, been yeah, really looking forward to it that's right because that team you know, a huge amount of success in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge and when they the, the Hondas they pulled out of that at the end of the 2016 season last season the, the Hart guys were very much involved with Michael Shank Racing and preparing those cars uh, and getting getting them ready to make that transition uh, for the future that, that was always the team's plan though to come back and run one of those NSX's and that uh, team will be in action here this weekend for the first time. And a bit of a funny note on that. Yesterday when the drivers showed up to get their headshots done into the little room where all that was happening, three of the four turned up. And all of a sudden it was, wait a minute, where, where's Chad Gilsinger? Oh, he's working on the car. Yeah. Well, no, he's got to come get his photo taken. No, no, he is underneath the car. We can't get him out right now. Yeah. Uh, Chad Gilsinger, uh, as long with Ryan Eversley, Sean Rahal, and John Falb uh, driving that uh, Honda of America backed machine. This was... and, and we should say as well, for those that don't know, and it, it's been a year or so since we've mentioned this, but well, yes, it... these these are the that is a team that is run out of the Honda manufacturing plant, but it's done on a part time basis. I'm not being unkind when I say that. That is not a factory uh, works supported outfit. But it's all people that work at the factory. Well, that's right. I mean, because you just said it was run by uh, the Honda of America. Well, it, it's not. No, it, it, it's they all a, work for Honda they all, of America. They all work yes. for Honda of America. This is this is just a you know a, a, a side it's a works door outing. Pro- yeah, it's a works outing. <laughs> but yeah, they it's all volunteer. work. Volunteer. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's not. A, it's not a factory back team at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and uh, you know, those guys just uh, do it because because they're racers. Uh, but they all work, as you say, or the vast majority of them do actually work. Uh, at m- m- mainly at the Marysville plant, which is where the NSX is produced. Oh, is it? In Ohio. All right. I believe. We are under a red flag for not one car, but two. The Performance Tech Orica, the number 38, was just towed back, uh, thankfully, on all four wheels to the paddock through that back narrow alleyway that you were talking about a little bit earlier, Jeremy. The and other one's a Ferrari, and it's on the back of a, a rollback just coming out of uh, Speedway Turn 2, and I th- Thing. It's the Daniel Serica. Yes, it is the number 51. Daniel actually got out of the car, thankfully being next to race control, having it on your left, as you said in the intro. They zoomed right into the car, and Daniel got out of it, walked around and looked at the right rear of the car, and then came back. They brought the tow truck over, so the 51 not able to drive itself back to the paddock area. But we're now seeing under one minute until we go green again, so that's good news for everybody. It's going to half distance in this bonus coverage uh, live from trackside at Daytona International Speedway as we're counting down towards the big opener for the IMSA season, the Rolex 24 Daytona. We'll have extended coverage of all of the action, of course, here on RS2 IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels and even more in sound and vision for you than we have this weekend with the PC race tomorrow, one hour and 45 minutes being streamed live without any interruption wherever you are in the world. And a reminder that for all of this season, as for all of last year, the development series from IMSA up to and including the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, all available live as they happen with the IMSA radio trackside commentary via the internet or by the IMSA app. And uh, that is both here in the US and globally. And also... In the intervening time, you can have a look at the new IMSA Roku channel, which has a huge archive of video, as well as a there's a YouTube version of that video archive as well. And that is full race replays of uh, 
pretty much everything from the last couple of years is uh, going up there all with the IMSA radio commentary uh, from the only team that is trackside for every minute of the IMSA series for 2018 as we were for 2017 you can probably just about hear in the background that the cars are firing up and going back out again uh, one thing I did notice this morning which I think that some of the fans are going to be commenting on that uh, quite a lot of the GTD cars are a bit quieter uh, that BMW has a lovely sound but it is very stealthy and in the black colours that it is at the moment it's sort of oh what was that it's something a shadow has just passed me at 160 miles an hour on the banking 4 litre V8 twin turbo charged as seems to be the fashion nowadays that is the the regulation uh, performance tech reporting on Twitter the car was out of fuel that is the best news that they could possibly ask for last year at the roar before the 24 performance tech had a not great time they had a driver basically right off their car so the car causing red flag because it's out of fuel that they're okay with that. I think Brent O'Neill will accept that. Noise begins to build as the cars get up to speed on this outlap as we come down to an hour to go. We started to talk about the cars that haven't gone out. There have only been two. We mentioned the Ollie Jarvis Audi and then went off on a tangent on Renee Rast, which of course is perfectly acceptable because Renee is awesome. The other car that we haven't seen we did see, John, it rolled out to the pit lane and then went back behind the wall. And that is the 99, the JDC Miller Motorsports. But it's not yellow. It's not a banana boat. It's the Red Dragon. Yes. Yes, very good. Yeah, very odd. Oh, and now it comes rolling back out of its garage. See, we mentioned that it's not out playing and all of a sudden it decides to come and join us. Love, love good timing. How fun is it, though, Jeremy, to see that Gainsco sponsorship back on a car again? Yeah, it is. It's exciting, isn't it? And uh, certainly for the, the Bob Stallings and everybody involved in that organization, you know, they'd, they'd be thrilled to be back in a, in a prototype car. They've had uh, some trials and tribulations the last few seasons driving with various GT3 cars, uh, Porsche and McLaren before that, and it was a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a trying time. But now, uh, with the... Uh, proven JDC Motorsports team be running two cars this season for the first time in the prototypes uh, that's a big step for that team and great to see those uh, distinctive red colours back in this championship that's Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam is alongside Jeremy and me John Hindorf. this is bonus coverage, we're live from Trackside at Daytona International Speedway, this is session number two for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and we're Live on RS2 IMSA Radio. Racing on America's classic circuits. This is IMSA Radio. So halfway through then, and Philippe Albuquerque is now behind the wheel of the number five Cadillac. And he shares this weekend with Christian Filipaldi and João Barbosa. So the South... American speaking car Portuguese and Brazilian they all speak the same version of uh, of language but but Brazil at least 
can relate. Unlike the Spanish that I speak, yeah. which is from 20 countries in the world, from South America, yeah. I actually, I talk quite a bit with Philippe about driving an Team Portugal yeah. car because on the top of his helmet, right on the very tip, is the crest from the Portuguese flag. Ah, right, and yeah, he, the coat of has, arms, yeah. And he has the colors on his helmet as well, a very proud countryman, but he said they're still going to speak English on the radio. Ah, I'm sure that makes his race engineer very much happier as well. Roman Dumas is now behind the wheel of the core autosport car. Good to see Roman back in gainful employment. And that's a, a good addition to that car with uh, Colin Brown, Jonathan Bennett and Loic Duval uh, also in there. <laughs> yes, uh, just another star-studded star team, isn't it? Do we get the feeling, Jeremy, you've been involved in racing over here longer than most I've been people. alive. <laughs> yeah, don't say that to him, that'll upset him. No, no, that's true. Do we get the feeling? Uh, do we get the feeling, Jeremy? And still racing. Twenty-seven. Well? Yes, yeah. a bit. Um, do we get the feeling now that Daytona is reclaiming its position as it used to be? I tend to think not that very long ago, but she would say it was beyond her lifetime when it was the first proper international race of the year and it's got that international feel about it now when you've got these guys who are coming from other forms of motorsport who want to take part in this race yeah i, th I think it's, al it's always had that uh, to some degree but no i think we are back to the glory times now i mean that you look at the lineup here and we've got what three full-time formula one drivers in the field isn't it this this weekend and another couple of uh, assigned testers as well, mm. people like Lando Norris and what have you. So, uh, and 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 you know, more youngsters from the NASCAR ranks as well. There's always been, you know, one or two, but that maybe they're competing more perhaps in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge this weekend. But the whole the, the whole Speed Weeks element to it, I think, yeah, is is uh, regain the glory. I mean, I first came, my first trip over here was 1980, uh, and uh, you know, it was. It was it was mega then, absolutely fantastic to have uh, you know there weren't the other 24-hour races in the Middle East or anywhere else. Uh, this was by uh, streets and streets and, and yeah by huge margin. This was the uh, biggest race uh, any any around any time this time of year, beginning of season, uh, with a, one of the biggest races of the season. Sorry about that. I'm getting my teeth in order, so, haven't I? So here's the question then. Um, has the rise and rise of endurance motor racing and 24-hour racing now i now do more 24-hour commentaries in a year than i would have done in any three years put together yeah. um has that just focused people's minds a little bit more and whether that's drivers or sponsors or or manufacturers and also one of the things i heard Shea talking about at the homologation test uh, to the IMSA technical guys was these global platforms that we've got in GT3 and, and GT4 in, in particular um, uh, GT Le Mans a little bit but but is this rise and rise benefiting everybody if if the cake if the cake is a bit bigger then everybody's slice is a bit bigger does that work I'm not sure about that to be honest. I'm not sure whether it might be taken away to, to some degree and I think maybe that just shows how important this race is that despite the fact there's all these other 24 hours yeah. that you can now do uh, it's st we still get this magnificent lineup here uh, in january and you know it, 
the Rolex 24 has always been a big deal. I mean, you know, that's that's one thing. You know, the drivers uh, are after that winning that Rolex yeah. watch, and it, it's always been big. But now uh, there's certainly more depth to the fields than has been probably ever. One question that I've been asking a lot of drivers over the last couple of days: Rolex or championship? A lot of them can't give me an answer. No. I, I think the big races, honestly, and with due respect to any championship in the world, whether it's the FIA, WEC, whether it's here in IMSA, the big Blue Riband races, the classic races, for those people for whom it matters, it matters a lot. Yeah. Now, you know, most of the guys who do endurance racing, they have got a heart and not a swinging brick in there and there's, there's emotion involved in endurance racing that I don't think you quite get in any other form of motorsport and and, and, and uh, any race that's longer than a, an hour or a couple of hours then the emotions that you feel throughout the course of a race and 24 hour racing in particular therefore has that huge swing of emotions and I think if you said you know Indy 500 or championship? Daytona 500 or championship? Well, ask Ilio. Yeah. Indy 500 or championship? Yeah. Le Mans 24 yeah. or WEC championship? Nice to do both. And that's happened that's the last couple the of answer. years. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it's, you know, Bathurst 12 hours or the Intercontinental GT, whatever it's called, that nobody seems to really care about. That Marcus Finkelhock one last year. See, I couldn't have tell Abbey. you that. Yeah. I couldn't have told you that. I only know it because it's headed on his fire suit. Okay. Well, he has a batch, doesn't <laughs> yes, he? Yes, he does. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Mm. Okay. You know, uh, Nürburgring 24 isn't part of a championship. It's yeah. a standalone race. Yes, there's the VLN, but it's that is a separate entity to Nürburgring 24. Well, and I, I think Jeremy's right. I think there's a certain cachet about these big big races uh, and one thing I would say is that you know we've got we're very lucky in the IMSA series that we've got now three of them actually probably four of four. them because you can count Watkins Glen and the sale in six hours as well but you know Sebring yes big tick here massive tick and Petit Le Mans is a relative newcomer in motorsport terms yeah alright it's still quite a long time but a relative newcomer but it quickly gained a big reputation and people want to come and win that race mm -hmm. and the fact that we bookend the season here in IMSA with two of the biggest sports car races in the world I think is a is a real feather in the cap for this championship mm, I agree and every single driver in this paddock who has a Rolex watch from winning this race lets everyone else know because oh, yeah. they'll wear it and that's what really drives certain drivers insane not having that watch there you are, get one shot a year there are at least three drivers that I won't name um, who are very very grumpy about not having a watch from here and there are certain drivers who won't let you hold their winning Rolex because you have a fake <laughs> that's too close <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 52 minutes to go let's see any changes uh, I'm in French at the moment going quickly in the 37 Jackie Chan DCR Jota, the Orica, in fifth position at the moment, just put his best first section of the race track. Track split up into three sectors here. Quite a few 
Agnew into the pit. Oli Pla, I've just noticed, jumped into the Nissan. Just did a couple of laps. Uh, we've now got it much closer at the top of the field. Philippe Albuquerque fastest now. And Romain Dumas is now 0.034 of a second away in second place. So Albuquerque ahead of the core car. Then yeah, that, was, that was a time set by Christian Filippaldi. Yeah. Just before that red flag stoppage, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, the top three now share within a tenth of a second, pretty mm. much. They, they can be a little bit better than that. The, the more important thing is that they're all different oh, manufacturers. Yes. So it's not anybody running to a set time. It's not like we have Oracle, Oracle, Oracle. We have Cadillac, well, Oracle, Cadillac, Cadillac. That's just because these cars are insanely strong here. Top six are all Oracles or Cadillacs. Yeah. Then Nissan, Orica, Acura, Juan Pablo Montoya bringing the sixth up into the top ten. Orica, Ligier, Mazda, Nissan, Acura. Uh, this See, is a, now, a few years ago, if you were a second off the quickest car around here, hmm. you wouldn't have worried too much. Montoya, <laughs> in the number six Acura, the Penske Acura, is a second away at the moment. And he's one one-thousandth of a second away from eighth. But he's in ninth position. You know, that's a lot of cars between you and the fastest for just a second. And, and that's what Jeremy was saying earlier on. The, the depth of quality of the field has just massively improved. Uh, in, uh, and the other thing is we tend to see, as well, don't we, far less attrition. Although this is a race that does have more attrition than most. Yeah. But... You know, we tend to take reliability for granted nowadays, even at the sharp end of the field. Gustavo Menezes in the number 99 Orica. Just moves the to 7th position. That's the game score Red Dragon car. And uh, that's an improvement for that car. Shares with Stephen Simpson, Misha Goikberg and Chris Miller. Now, there, right there, with those three drivers, uh, there's a, a great advertisement for IMSA Development Series. All I'd coming so. through. Uh, that time from Gustavo, 138.132, eight tenths away from the best. Just looking a little bit further down the field, and I say a little bit, we're yeah. 19 positions down. The GTLM field, one through seven, are all within a second of each other. And there's a change there because the 911, having uh, had a problem and come back very slowly, looked like there was a tyre issue of some description. Fred Makovecki has taken that car over from Nick Tandy and has dropped in behind Earl Bamba 912 from 911 the numbers on the side of the car then it's Ryan Briscoe and Sebastian Bordet making it Porsche Porsche Ford Ford the Singleton Ferrari in 5th place Alessandro Pagini's just brought that car into the pits and then the two Chevy Corvettes Ollie Gavin and Antonio Garcia in that order 4 from 3 the two BMWs then somewhat further down the field with Bill Auburn in the pits in the 25 car and John Edwards second. more than no, what's that he's three, three seconds. seconds off the pace yep. I'm sorry my brain wouldn't process that uh, Bill Oberlin is never three seconds off the pace that's no. why you were having a little bit of issues there but again the 24 car I don't think has been out no it hasn't he's done four out and in laps oh. he hasn't yet that was done the car that had a problem this morning on the far side of the circuit and had to be towed back behind the wall um, it was done without having to go to a red flag, interestingly enough. Hmm. Just coming into the pit lane, the GTD leader at the moment, the Grasser Racing Lamborghini, 
Royal Foundation, Mikko Bortolotti, Frank Pereira and Rick Broikers, Dutch young Dutch driver. Great to see Rick here. He is incredibly quick. He'll be a name that isn't perhaps familiar to our US audience. Uh, I had a cracking scrap with him in the quarter <laughs> 24. He was in a TCR Nissan and uh, over about uh, the best part of an hour we had some fun through the traffic and Rick is a very very quick reliable and versatile driver his dad's raced here of course yep Ivo Broikers raced in a Porsche and PC car I think he raced a back. PC as well yeah, yeah. and if you want never had any luck here Ivo no. so I wonder if Rick can break the Rolex 20 Daytona 24 curse of the Broikers family. If you want to be insanely envious of any driver in the field, Rick had done, I think it was 30 24-hour races before his 20th birthday. So, a very, very well, and, But that, that goes back to what Jeremy was saying about the, you know, a few years ago to do 30 24-hour races, you would, that would have been 15 years. Because <laughs> there was two 24-hour races a year. Extraordinary. Moving down towards three quarters of an hour to go. Hello there. And hello to Sarah Rigby. Back in the UK where it's a quarter to ten on a Friday evening. I uh, saw that. Sorry, uh, just to do a couple more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Glenn Ollett uh, saying getting my Raw 24 fix courtesy of IMSA Radio. Uh, any word on Scott Pruitt's announcements? And chances for the 24. Well, I'm pleased he's asked that. Uh, Jeremy and Shea, you were down in the media centre. Scott Pruitt has announced that his extraordinary career is coming to an end at the end at the chequered flag of the race in a couple of weeks' time. 50 years in motorsport. It's uh, mind boggling to think about that he started go karts when he was seven. And Scott Pruitt has won this race five times. He is on par with Hurley Haywood. He would like to get six wins. Uh, of course, so would Andy Lally like to get to six wins. They're competing against each other in class. But Scott has an opportunity. He's back with 3GT Racing in the number 15 Lexus alongside, wait for it, the other Farnbacher brother, that would be Dominic, who has a win here a few years back in a Viper. Jack Coxworth, who's a guy that Pruitt drove with last, last year. year. Very impressive. And none other than David Hennemeyer Hansen. His odds are good. No, I, I, I mean, a fabulous career for Scott Pruitt, Jeremy. I mean, he's driven just about everything there is to drive. And, and, and he's been smiling for the most part when he's done it. Yeah, absolutely. I just had a quick chat with him down there uh, after, after his announcement. I missed the announcement, actually, but I was there at the end of it. And I nice to chat with him. He's a lovely guy. He's, been, he's worked so hard at this. He's taken an awful lot out of him. He's sacrificed a lot yep. uh, you know, in terms of uh, time away from the family and what have you. But you know, he's had a magnificent career. He's been a tremendous uh, spokesman as well for the sport. Um, yeah, hide my wife at home. How yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but he's a great character as well, and it, the passion for the sport still remains. But he's also got all sorts of other interests as well now. A winery, amongst other things, and you know he's a, a very accomplished man, and he's uh, he's you know he owes everything to to the sport, and he's he's earned everything the hard way. Yeah, 
never had anything handed to him. He's worked very, very yeah, hard and, you know, on he, his he, craft. Yeah, he has. Uh, he, he was telling me yeah, he'd, he'd forgotten how much success, success he's had. They could be uh, <laughs> uh, announced onto the uh, the Aruba, the American Auto Racers Writers uh, and Broadcasters Association. Aruba have a big dinner every year, and they they have a sort of first a first team of drivers drawn from all realms of motorsports. He's been uh, part of that, recognising that uh, panel for 10 years uh, out of the out of the 50 that's been involved in the sport. And, you know, things like that he's, I'd kind of forgotten about. But, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's been, he'll still be, he won't be gone from the sport. Uh, but uh, he, this will be his final professional race, he says, uh, on the Rolex 24. Hello to Robert Bates, who's listening in now. Not sure where you are in the world. Oh, you must be in the UK because you told me who your, um, who your internet supplier was. Robert, I'm pleased that uh, we've got you through your issues and you've uh, found a way to listen uh, for the last 42 minutes or thereabouts of the broadcast this afternoon. This is bonus coverage for you, uh, live from Trackside. Delighted to be here. My first trip to the Raw, and I would heartily recommend it. Not... I mean, by no means is there a, a huge crowd here, but more than the odd smattering of people out on the infield bleachers this morning, and I stopped and had a chat with a, a few people there, thoroughly enjoying themselves, out with a lot of people out with their cameras. Mind, they were it's all a, wrapped up. It's a Friday, and it's, as you say, and it's chilly. Yes. Oof. There'll be more people here tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. A, a really nice atmosphere here. You mentioned the uh, race tomorrow has a special name. In association yep. with what group of people? Scouts of America. Exactly. We have Boy Scouts camping. And Girl Scouts. Girl, Boy Scouts are camping in between NASCAR 3 and 4. Girl Scouts are camping down by turn 2. Keep, All right. them, separate, Keep them separate. Of course. Yes. Um, Very good. But we do have a lot of campers here, and that's a big part of this event. Now, I am going to blame the insanely cold weather on you being here for the first time. It's normally this, well, chilly, not this chilly, um, but it is such a fun thing to do. And of course, if you buy Rolex 24 tickets, you can get to come to the Roar for free. Yeah, somebody was telling me that. I think that's a great idea. It's very similar to what Le Mans 24 do with test weekends. Um, you get general admission free if you've got a, uh, any pass for the, the 24 hours there as well. Uh, that was Stuart Middleton. Middleton putting in the fastest third sector of anybody a moment or two ago wow. in the 31 Cadillac and did not improve though that car's time well, that was impressive so he's getting to grips then with the 31 car having won the, dra the prize drive when you were going through the Twitter stuff, you uh, mentioned Sarah Rigby. Sarah, who's a big, longtime fan of Christina Nielsen yeah. from her time with Aston Martin. That was a few years back now. But Christina has changed teams. Our two-time GTD champion has now gone to Wright Motorsport. She's well, in a th Porsche. There's a lineup, by the way. Oh, good grief. Patrick Long, Christina Nielsen, Robert Renauer, and Matthew Jaminet. Robert Redauer, perhaps the name that some of our listeners, if you don't listen to all of our outputs, you might not know Robert Redauer's name. Um, Robert is uh, one of the twins. Um, it could be either of them driving, to be honest, because they are indistinguishable. They are definitely identical twins. They normally race for Herbeth Motorsport in a Porsche, um, uh, a, a GT3 version of a, of a Porsche, effect effectively, all the GT3, and they 
they basically have made a habit out of winning 24-hour races <laughs> in the 24-hour series by Creventic and indeed won the 24-hour uh, at Cota uh, in, the, in the race that I competed in a few weeks ago in, well, in November now. Uh, they have been imperious for the last couple of seasons and I think Robert won the Porsche Cup not last year but the year before. Or was that Alfred? No, it must have been Robert. No, I think it was Robert. Um, and, and, and the the Porsche Cup isn't a single championship. I, I don't mean a Carrera Cup. This is a points championship for every single non-professional Porsche driver in the world. And you don't have to register for it. It's all totted up magically and automatically. And the races that you run in, yes, some, some kind of fairy dust sprinkled on it in Stuttgart. And depending on which races you are running in, which championship you're running in, um, there is a like a degree of difficulty in diving. You, you, you get a multiplier effect. And therefore, if, if you're in a higher championship and you are so far down the championship, you get an amount of points. That might be a few more than if there's only three Porsches in whatever you're doing. So it's, it's all... Uh, a bit complicated and a bit logarithmic, but it's been going for years. And basically, the point I'm trying to get to is, you don't win that by accident. You don't win that by not being a good driver. And Robert won that in a fully privateer team at Herbert Motorsport, um, running in mostly 24-hour races. And he won that not last year, but the year before. So he's earned his place in that team as well. There's a car presently on the pit lane may be directly across from us. I'm going to form this as a trivia question for you both. Who won that award in 2007? What was the driver who won the Porsche Cup in 2007? 2000. It was from his work in the American Le Mans series. No? Patrick Fred Matavigi? No, no. Non-professional, non-Porsche ah, factory driver. Good point. Time's up. No. No? No. You're still going to look for it. What was, the, what was the question? So there was a driver right. who won the Porsche Cup in 2007 okay. for driving in the American Le Mans series. Okay. Like that's where he, he accrued enough points. Right. His car sits on the pit lane, perhaps directly in front of us. Oh, car has now vacated the pit lane. Okay. But the pit box is nearly directly in front of us. Okay. The Porsche Cup, we were discussing what a an elite award it is to try and earn. So to have an American who earned that which which driver was it? It must have been Dan Cameron. Negative. <laughs> it must have been. You're going to go through the whole entry list, aren't you? I can't think of who it would be of the cars that are opposite us. Uh, wait a minute. All the cars are opposite us. Well, yes. <laughs> of the cars that are opposite but have now left. I give up. Nobody's gotten it on Twitter either. Oh, just put us out of our misery. Johannes Van Overbeck. Oh, of oh, course right. it was. With Flying Lizard Motorsport. Uh, and I have to say, my old Flying Lizard Motorsport Columbia jacket that I was given many years ago by Seth, thank you, has been pressed into service recently back at home. They made great clothes. Oh, they got it completely with their merchandising. Uh, and it's been so cold. And that's one of the brands, Flying Lizard Motorsports. They're, they're no longer in our paddock. They are forever in our hearts, oh, though. And some of the engineers are still on pit boxes. I know Thomas Blam is on the Park Place uh, pit box, right. as well, he has been for Darren a Lord little while. As well. He's here. Yeah. That is the kind of thing that you can wear around non-racing people, and sometimes they recognize the logo, too. Yeah. 
It supersedes singular paddocks. Yeah, I've been uh, outside rather more than I would have wanted to be lately walking around and uh, very chilly back at home. And that uh, jacket has come in very handy along with my Nürburgring beanie hat and an old pair of Sparco karting gloves that I found gathering dust in the bottom of the wardrobe when I was doing a bit of a clear out and thought, oh, they're too good to throw out. What can I do with them? I'll leave them in the car. And oh, it is cold. I'll just put them in my pocket and wear them. Aren't you glad that Eve suggested wearing long jeans instead of shorts to come over for this trip? <laughs> just, I, I actually said, I'm not going to take my spider mesh. I'll just make do with my IMSA radio jacket. And then as I was parking the car up at Terminal 3 in the, it was pouring of rain on the way down on Thursday and uh, I, I was locking up the car and I thought you know what, I'm going to take that and I stuck it on and it, because I've lost a bit of weight I could fit it on underneath me IMSA jacket which I wouldn't have been able to do this time last year so I thought, right, okay it can go on underneath me IMSA jacket it's coming with and I'm so pleased because it was Crazy last night when I got to the hotel. The pre-Detroit IMSA jacket or the post-Detroit IMSA jacket? Uh, post. Ooh, even more impressive. Because yeah. I remember when you showed up to that track, how how excited you were. I've just said that and I'm not sure. <laughs> I, it may have been that I've still got the... No, no, it's it's the XL. It's, it's the XL, that's yeah. why I can get it on. But I wouldn't have been able to get it on at this time Ooh. last year. The holiday season is the toughest. I'm proud of you for making it through. Uh one stage I'd put on a couple of kilos but it's come back off again okay. I got down to 96.4 so you're kilos. doing your own balance of performance oh, you're yeah. adding weight and then taking off the ballast yeah. and yeah. Yeah. getting got, into the spirit I got down to 96.4 but I'm about 98 now but I, I'm still working on it the Mazdas that are running this year the, in the prototype class they are the same cars that ran last year but Man, do they look differently. The headlights, as they come off the banking, it, it's just got a different snarl to it, a well, different shape. But also, don't forget, they've had a, a degree of reimagining. Well, I believe there's, there's very little <laughs> there, from, from, I, I from picked on my the car this year to one year ago, John. I think. <laughs> they've effectively been re-homologated, haven't yeah, they? I mean, yeah, that's I the car. So. Uh, that's the, the situation. Um, no... No stone unturned there, no part of the car that hasn't been under the microscope in terms of performance gains by Mazda on the engine side of things and of course by Team Yost who have taken on the running of that programme. Still have the same model des designation, RTP 24. Well, as I said earlier, let's uh, see how those guys go. No major changes in the times at the top. Although, when did the 90 car slip up to fourth position ahead of the 37? Uh, no, that's been there quite a while, while ago. Eddie Cheever the third in that oh, oh, really? car and has been for a wee while, actually. I meant to mention it earlier when I saw his name next to it. Uh, Lance Stroll out there and Lando Norris out as well at the moment. Lance Stroll in the 37, Jackie Chan, DCR, Jota car, Lando Norris in one of the two 
United Autosport cars. Oh, Jordan Taylor finally taking the 10 out during this session. We've seen both of his co-drivers behind the wheel, but Just going not out yet, there. Jordan. He's got a different helmet this year. Uh, he's painted it dark black, so it looks kind of like Darth Vader. Dark black rather than light black. Well, not charcoal. All right, okay. Not, not black, like the five. It is it is right. Darth Vader black. Okay. And when I asked him about it yesterday, he said, well, I'm not nice anymore. Ah. And I was like, yes, you are. Only Don't pretend. one can repeat. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, who else has just got Like Duval has just gone out in the Court Autosport 54 Orica. A uh, reminder that they have their old Porsche number, but that is a prototype that they're running now. They only spent a year in Porsches. They've been oh, in Oricas forever. Philip Albuquerque's just gone faster. Not by much. Uh, well, actually by about three quarters of a tenth because he was very slightly ahead of the 54 and now he's a full tenth ahead of them three quarters of a tenth don't you love being in this series 137 196 uh, jeremy what what sort of lap times i mean this is called so what mm. sort of lap times how do these lap times compare 137 1 uh, at the front of the field at the moment and when i say it's called it is exceptionally called right now I mean, this is as cold as we normally have it during the evening. Yeah, it's about 51 or 2 degrees, isn't it, uh, it, it at the moment? Uh, one, what, last year's poll time was a 136.9, uh, <laughs> and the, the fastest lap in a race was quicker than that, uh, nearly three-quarters of a second quicker, 136.2 last year. That was set, indeed, by uh, Philip Albuquerque. Well, well, there we 48 are. 48 degrees right now. Okay, so, chilly. 36.2, we're within a second of that, near enough. Yep in freezing conditions um, just above freezing conditions uh, this morning as I say I did see a minus number on the Celsius scale I reset the Audi to Celsius down at the airport <laughs> of course he did otherwise I'd have no clue poor guys at Prestige are going to spend some time trying to figure out how to put that back but Jeremy and I were talking <laughs> yeah, earlier take all the weird radio stations <laughs> yes what is this BBC no. um, BBC and soccer What's this about? Do you have the acoustic channel set? Oh, no. I've, I've got that one. 302. Remember, it was a oh, lime yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeremy and I were discussing earlier the state of the Cadillacs because, of course, when they ran here last year, it was before they had all of these balanced performance that's changes enacted. Point. They yeah. have a downforce setting that's different than what they ran last year, that they are homologated to run. So a 36.2 is what they ran last year. We don't know what they can run this year. No. We know, for example, what the Nissan should be able to run, although they were still learning the car when they ran at Daytona last year. We know roughly what the Ligier should run. The Orica, yeah, because we had the 85 JDC Miller Motorsport car. But in terms of the Mazda, that's going to be a big surprise when we see that car in qualifying. And again, I think the Cadillacs will be a big question. Hello to uh, BLD, who's tweeted in at... IMSA Radio says, thank you so much for this. I'm listening after work from a very cold Johnstown, Ohio. 50 degrees Fahrenheit sounds fabulous to me. <laughs> the problem isn't where you yeah. are. It's the fact that we're in Florida. Well, good point there, Kirsten. Yeah. Let's not forget the rest of the country that's yeah. uh, seeing some really nasty conditions right now. And yeah. Canada. I feel for Canada. Yeah. How many Canadians have we talked to today, Jeremy, who have said, no, it's really cold where I live? Yeah. But Canada, I mean... The thing is, and I was listening to a very interesting report on this the other day, it, you know, there's certain parts of the world that expect to get bad weather and they're very good at dealing with it. And Canada's 
one of those places. Oh, yeah. You get a hard frost in the south of England and everything grounds, grinds to a halt because we're just not used to dealing with it. Whereas if you go you know, into the Alpine countries, three or four inches of snow is nothing. We had three or four inches of snow in three hours uh, just before Christmas and it was chaos. It was great. Thank goodness for the mighty Jeep Cherokee, by the way. I immediately decided that that was the right vehicle to take out and go and have a... Um, I was going to say have a play there, but of course I didn't mean that. I meant <laughs> to go and explore what the conditions were like in case I needed to go out later. Of course. Yes, exactly right. Thank you for setting us straight on that one. Yes. Do you not miss the snow, Jeremy? How long is it since you saw snow? Well, a few days, actually, because I was in Ohio for oh, Christmas. Yes, of course we had you white were. Christmas, actually, we had, which was great. But it was then time to get back to California. Mm. I thought that was my uh, taste of winter for the year, actually. And then I got down here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, there was uh, snow but, yeah, in Tallahassee but, the other day, wasn't there? And it shut down the Florida State University campus because it, it's not uncommon for it to snow in Tallahassee. It's uncommon for the snow to stay. Yeah. So, like you were talking about, the south sort of goes into chaos when weather rolls around. We had a notable occurrence a few moments ago. On the first page of Timing and Scoring, we have nearly all of our prototypes, yeah. save for that number 77, which still has yet to turn a lap. But the number 20, the Bar 1 Motorsports Multimatic Riley, Joel Miller behind the wheel, he set a time, now only one real lap of timing, but it was enough to pull him up ahead of all the GTD cars. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, hello as well to Pete Garrett, who had an ice-cold drive home and now is listening uh, to us as well. And Pete, we wish you well, wherever you are, listening in on maybe the IMSA app or via the player at RadioLeMond.com. This is RS2, IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Uh, a reminder as well that when we're not on the air this weekend, have a check of the schedule on RadioLeMond.com at the bottom of the homepage because there are three three-hour prototype races from what I expect will be a very much warmer Dubai International Circuit with Blackpool Johnny, uh, Johnny Palmer, Nick Damon and Joe Bradley on duty for us out there in sound and vision and Saturday and Sunday three races spread across the weekend in preparation for the 24-hour race next weekend which once again has I think 90 or so entrants there that many Bruce Jones already memorised the whole entry list oh, of, course. of course he has yeah and he can recite to you each country flag and how you spell each driver's name backwards yes yeah. indeed uh, so a busy weekend of prototype racing because we do have the Scouts of America one hour and 45 minute contest Saturday tomorrow and that is local time, 1.25 to 10 past 3. So we'll be coming on the air a few minutes before that. And uh, if you are so equipped or you're not moving around, then you can watch that as well as listen to it. Always have the choice, of course, if you haven't got the bandwidth, the audio on IMSA Radio. But we do have IMSA TV fired up tomorrow for that race. First of a new format for the IMSA Prototype Challenge with two drivers per car, longer races for the year uh, still the two classes Eddie Cheever in the 90 Spirit of Daytona, Sean has stopped on the circuit at the moment and oh. 
That's coming onto the banking again. That's out of turn six, facing the wrong way. Looks like it might have gone into the tire yeah. wall. Well, it explains why we couldn't actually see him, John, from yeah. our current vantage point. Again, an advantage of being next to uh, race control. Oh, yeah. You can just so see the back. What's Junior been, or the third been doing uh, last several years? I've seen that name for a while. That's, that's the question that I was going to ask you. But uh, I, I didn't even know he was going to be here. I didn't see his name anywhere uh, until... Red flag is out. Yeah, he's just nosed in. Um, just on that. It's, a, it's a quite a difficult transition there. One or two of the drivers I've spoken to in previous years have said it's a bit tricky there because there's a, a couple of changes of surface on that left-handed turn from the infield section uh, as you head out towards the oval itself. But from where that car is, I think he might have had a bit of help there. Where is he? If you... I'm sorry, this if is not going to work face. on radio. <laughs> if you if you look to, to where that little amber light is blinking on the tyre wall, just yes. to the right of the uh, the timing tower, go a little bit further right from there, and you can just see the blue and white along that tyre wall, but on uh, the other side of it. Or you can oh, just can barely you see his tail. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you offer him the binoculars Thank after you. you explain in great detail. Well, there we go. It was it it worked. We have a lot of change in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in terms of full season driver lineups. And we talked about the new M8 BMW, but another big portion of that team is who's going to be piloting it full season. We have Connor Filippi. I'm not going to say replacing Bill Oberlin because that's impossible, but he is assuming the full-time driver position alongside Alexander Sims in the number 25. For the number 24, we did lose Martin Tomczyk, as I mentioned earlier, and Jesse Krohn has been promoted to the full-season, full-time GT Le Mans position. I, that's a really interesting move and a good one, I think. Listening back to some of the races, particularly when Jesse came on board with Turner Motorsport last year, he was a rocket. Yeah, it impressed me. BMW uh, launching a new car this year. It's a big undertaking. Going back to World Championship Racing, taking that car back to Le Mans as well. I, I, I think they've been very sensible in holding on to Bill, albeit not for full season, but for the longer distance races. But his, uh, his value is going to be just as much in developing that car because he knows what a good GTLM car should feel like. And he's driven a lot of them. You look at his uh, time in BMW machines over the last, what, 30 years? Yeah. And there's not that much other long-standing experience yeah. in the BMW squad. Yeah. Look, look at the people Look at the people who they've lost in recent years. He likes if you're Andy Preos. You know, and... You know. Joey Han, Dirk Mueller, Dirk Werner, yeah, they, and and they've they've said that Bill Oberlin will be a, a driver ambassador, but not like you find ambassadors with other manufacturers. He is still an active part of this team, so he's going to be there. He's going to be coaching these guys and helping them with everything they can. The number ninety has been recovered, and we'll have green flag in a moment. Just waiting for the number twenty, uh, Multimatic to get all the purple cars uh, on in the top 19 
prototypes being purple. Yeah, P for prototype, P for purple. Yeah, purple, makes sense. Purple reigns at the top of the championship table. Uh, hello to James Counter, who's tweeted at IMSA Radio. He says, you're keeping me company after walking from Reading to Marlow, which is more than 20 miles, to, and I quote, make use of the last Friday before uni starts again. Honestly, I could think of many different things to make use of the last Friday other than walking 20 miles. Good job, James. How long did that take you? 20 miles. Wow. I'm impressed. That is. I hope you were doing that for some kind of charity or something, James, or you're just that mad, but welcome to the show. The two TBSA boys, by the way, went over to England last year uh, for the 28th year of that scholarship. Uh, Aaron Johnson and uh, and Jonathan Kodig here from, from Florida. They they had a tour uh, a tour of London on foot. 50 miles they covered in in about three days what? on foot. Yeah. Gosh. And I <laughs> thought we had to do it though, Jeremy. Well, Clearly. exactly. They didn't miss much. No. I thought they, my they, day they, was they might not have, have, have thoroughly appreciated exactly what they saw on that <laughs> trip, but uh, they saw an awful lot. Well, on the, the one day that Miss Jackson and I walked around London a few years back, we did 12. I thought yeah, that was good, I but 20, good hands, hands down for James. That's good. Uh, hearing on the Twitter feed from Tequila Patron ASM, uh, at every stop we're making minor adjustments, then having the drivers run a few laps to test the changes. Uh, now we've got their feedback, we know which direction is best to go for our setups on the Nissan DPI. Uh, they, I, I, I heartily recommend that you go and find the Twitter feeds from the teams here because there's an there's a huge amount of information that comes through social media and often they get it out there uh, even quicker than we find out even on the pit lane and it's a great way to follow it the Paul Miller Racing one as well they do uh, some tweets of the driver communications that you hear and aside from making you laugh out loud it's the sort of stuff that's actually very useful that we use in the broadcast so yeah, there are many, many teams out there that put information that I know you and I rely on, Jeremy. I don't check it as much as I probably should, but uh, you're right. Just starting to lose the sunlight here, and we're getting that lovely golden afternoon light. Still a tiny bit of uh, light clouds. There's about 45, 50 minutes of daylight still left here. It'll be pitch black by 6 o'clock, but it's certainly... The twilight now, the gloaming perhaps would be the correct description as we head down into the last 20 minutes of this session. Just under that now, as we're live with the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship second session here at the Raw before the Rolex 24 at Daytona. It's Shea Adam with John Heinoff and Jeremy Shaw in the booth looking down from our lofty perch. Had the great honour to be the first live broadcast from this new broadcast centre when it was all put together and now we're making history again from the booth as we have our first ever live broadcast from the Raw backing up our first coverage from the homologation test in December and following this programme so stay tuned uh, is our usual daily report Shea Adam talking to a fine selection of drivers about their hopes for the season and what they're expecting to get out of this weekend and further on through the IMSA WSC and that will follow on it should have been starting about 10 minutes ago but because we uh, 
had the opportunity to do the live broadcast and thanks to everyone who's made that possible uh, some of them that we can't quite mention at the moment but they know who they are thank you very much indeed for getting on board with us here at this event uh, listen to Shea and the drivers from the paddock in about 25-30 minutes time so as soon as we wrap up from here we'll be going straight into that programme and of course they'll all be on the archive at Radio Le Mans part of the RS2 IMSA radio commitment radio show limited network of channels we've got more sport covered so what do we reckon that from what we've seen it's been relatively trouble free which is good news Aww. the laps have been getting turned 44 laps by the car that leads the timing the number five Cadillac Joao Barbosa at the wheel and that will put a smile on the engineers faces Jeremy because mm. they are getting valuable data in very chilly conditions here cold but dry and these are these are almost overnight conditions normally well, aren't they that's that's a very good point there John I think because dark. no that's right I mean a lot of walking around the paddock this morning Shay we, we several uh, of the team members told us you know, I'm not quite sure really why we're going out in these conditions or, or some of them were querying that those perhaps less in the know than, than, than the actual teams themselves because they, they do realize it can be certainly night camp conditions would not be at all similar to this and if they are like this uh, during a race as well well you need to know what it's going to be like during the daytime as well because the atmospheric conditions the air pressures and what have you are going to be different from night to day and you know, there's, there's always something to be learned when you're running a race car and in all sincerity i am surprised and impressed that no one has hit the wall on the pit exit because <laughs> no because when you no, come out here your brakes are cold your tires are cold and when the air is this cold it seems to be a recipe like a magnet people just get drawn in and maybe kiss the wall sometimes maybe smack it pretty hard on occasion we've seen that no one's done that today that is a very good sign We're also i'm Virtually all of the cars out on the racetrack. Uh, yeah, the and I, yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, Jeremy, and, and what's imp also impressed me is how people are dealing with traffic. I've just been watching through the binoculars there. Uh, a dozen cars, of which only three were prototypes, coming out onto the banking at the end of the infield section and sort of sorting themselves out. But, you know, again, that is the sort of thing that if you've had... I mean, I know it's a short off-season now. In fact, some of these drivers won't have had an off-season one or two of the guys who were out in Abu Dhabi. Oh, bit of Ooh, a lock up there going into the International Horseshoe for one of the Patron cars. Uh, 22, 22, that is. Um, too many black prototypes. I never thought I'd <laughs> hear myself uh, say that. But it's just nice to get yourself back in the swing of things with other cars around you. It was Nico Lapierre who was locking up, going into, locking up the Continental Tyres, going into the International Horseshoe just a moment or two ago. Great to see him back here too. Yeah, he? very much. He, he, there's a driver who has... I was going to say reinvented himself. That's not true. He's rediscovered his passion for the sport. Very disillusioned uh, at the end of his time with Toyota. And I, I honestly thought... In fact, he's just done that car's fastest first sector despite that lot of... <laughs> um, I, I thought we might lose him to the sport. And came back and did some P2 racing in the World Championship and the smile returned Well, and he started enjoying it again. It went pretty well for him. Uh, he, 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 uh, you, don't, you don't forget how to be a good driver overnight. You know, there can be a lot of things. 
And Jeremy, you, you've, you'll have seen this down through the years with drivers. It's often not about the ability. You don't forget how to be a good driver. It's external influences, and, and it becomes mind games at that point, yeah, and, and confidence. Yeah, it is hugely important. You know, the, the whole you know, mental factor, let's, let's put it, would be one way of putting it. It, it is massively important. If you're, if you're driving with confidence, you're driving with you know, an uplifted heart, you're going to drive better. Uh, the results are going to come more easily, and it's just going to be a lot more fun. Um, and uh, you know, all of those things are important. And that's exactly what Nico Lapierre has done, and his results have shown. Interestingly enough, though, he's only run this race once, and that was last year when he got a DNF. So could this be a little bit of inspiration for him, trying to come back to not only finish the race, but see how well he can finish with a team like Tequila Petroni SM? Two wins at Le Mans in 15 and 16 in the P2 category was WEC P2 champion in 2016 as well in what has been always a very competitive class. Just pushed a button that I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I brought up a screen I've never seen before. The button wow. actually says new. No, view. Oh, oh that's exciting. That? Not with your finger covering half the letters. No, I can't. No, I'm delighted to see Nico back in and doing so well. And, you know, amazing, isn't it? That a driver that was not exactly written off, but was certainly uh, dropped by a works team. And now, you know, you've got Patron ASM knocking on his door, asking him to come and drive for them. Because they've recognised that he can still bring something. I think that's great. I think it's a fabulous story. I agree, of course, filling the shoes of, uh, of Brendan Hartley, uh, of course, who uh, won with that team in the final race of last season, Petit Le Mans. And uh, as a result of that, you know, he's got himself a full-time Formula One ride. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Without yeah. that, <laughs> he'd be nowhere. Well, funny enough, of course, there was a guy that, that drove with Herbeth at the start of the year. Yep. Yeah, in there the, you go. In the 911. Yeah, good point. Uh, and the reason he'd done that was, and I could, I'd never driven yeah. a 911 race car before. And... I said to Porsche, would you mind awfully if I went and did it? They didn't place him there. He said, I'd like to go and drive a Porsche in an endurance race. Yeah. If I find someone that'll take me, is it okay? And, 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 and knowing Bre you know, Brendan like we do, he'll be, he'll be disappointed he won't be here oh. Oh, yeah. in, in a few weeks' time for the race, won't he? Because, Massively. Uh, yeah. Massively. All I would have to say to him in an interview is, well, Brendan, you've never won this race before. Because <laughs> I did that twice last year and it seemed to work. Yes. <laughs> Le Mans and Petit Le Mans. Yeah, apparently he's offered to fly you out to Monaco so you can ask him that on the grid. You know, I, I would be happy to make that sacrifice. <laughs> I'm sure you would. So, Brendan Hurtley, you've never won the Monaco Grand Prix. There, I've said it. That's now, it. now place a bet. I'm, I'm, heading, I'm heading off to the hospitality. <laughs> Coming down towards the last 10 minutes. In fact, uh, just under that now. Last opportunity today as the darkness is drawing in. But don't forget, straight after this programme, stay tuned for driver interviews from around the pit and paddock. Our very own gearbox girl with uh, a variety of drivers. And we'll have shows tomorrow and Sunday as well. The feature of tomorrow's live broadcast is our first race of the year for IMSA and that is the Scouts of America IMSA Prototype Challenge. One hour and 45 minutes in the new format. Two drivers per car, pit stops, refueling. Some cars. Mm. Some cars. Oh, well, yes, sorry. But, but 
even if you've got a single driver, the driver's got to get out of the car during the pit stop and refueling. So it is effectively doing a driver change, it's just you're not changing the driver. See what I mean? I actually talked about that yesterday with James French because uh, he and Kyle Masson both had Fernando Alonso sign the back of their helmets. Very good. They wanted to keep the Sharpie because then they said, well, maybe someday we can clone him. And then I said, oh, well, what if you cloned yourself and then did an endurance race where it was James French, James French, and James French? <laughs> so you're effectively handing over to yourself. And, of course, when you're telling that to, you know, teenage boys and, and very early 20-year-old boys, they started laughing and thinking about taking over the world. It's going to take a while to get used to the Scuderia course Ferrari because it's no longer red. It's yeah. now white. And that's something. Oh, but they do have a red one as well because, of course, they're running the 64 with Townsend Bell, Bill Sweetler, Frankie Montecalvo, and uh, who is their fourth driver? I can't remember. Um, ah, yes, one Sam Bird. Oh, yes. See, uh, you know, every class, isn't it? Every it class. It really is. Sam Bird, uh, who has most recently been playing his trade in the World Endurance Championship for Ferrari as a Ferrari driver. And Formula E. For DS, the Citroen sub-brand. Very successfully. He's really got his head around driving those Formula E cars. The thing that he does better than everybody else is gain the uh, power back. He, he somehow makes electricity. He's very clever. He's you know electric. How he, he's electric. <laughs> uh, you know how some drivers can make fuel? Scott Dixon, yes. Dario Franchitti always get better fuel numbers. Well, that's Sam in the Formula E car. Didn't he win a race and then get out and propose to his girlfriend? Uh, he, uh, yes, that was Bahrain for the last race of the WEC. Won in GTE and... Uh, his girlfriend was down in the uh, Park Fermier area and couldn't understand why she'd been allowed in the Park Fermier area and he literally got down on one knee and proposed. <laughs> I got and, and she said yes. Aww. Nice way to round off the weekend. So, a decent run for pretty much everybody. The GT Le Mans field doing as we've expected and within pretty much within a second of each other. Jimmy Bruni is out in the 9-1-2 Porsche. Patrick Pelier has just taken the 9-1-1 out. Scott Dixon, he of the making fuel in the Ford number 67. Then Tonio Garcia, an improvement for that Chevrolet, splitting the two Fords up to fourth position. Seabass in the 66 Ford, and then Oli Gavin and Alessandro Perghidi in sixth and seventh. So the Ferrari is the car that has lost out the most. Everyone else, other than the two Porsches, have improved their times, and the Ferrari has dropped down to seventh. Isn't it interesting, though, that the fastest time of GTLM came from that number 912 Porsche on its sixth lap of asking? Earl Bamba. It was Vantor. It was uh, oh, Lawrence out in the car right. at the time. But everyone else has improved in the latter stations of the session. It's that uh, Porsche that jumped to the front early on and has stayed there. And for the 67 Ford, actually, that's a new car. It's yeah. a brand new chassis because the old one had, what was it, 30,000 racing miles Something on it? Something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and we should mention the colour schemes on that card for those with yeah. relatively long memories. Do you remember the IMSA Porsche? The IMSA Matmut Porsche. Uh, red, white and blue, tricolour colours always. And there was a year at Le Mans that they went to the slightly more intense and metallic versions of those colours. And that's what Ford have done this year. And apparently, Shea, it is to... The, the colour scheme is, is pretty much identical in terms of the layout of the livery. The red, white and blue from from last year although I think there's a little more red on the side but it, it's pretty much the same but the colours are streetcar colours I believe yes they are colours that you can actually go to a Ford dealership right now and pick out the I forget what the the unique names are but you can go and order a Focus in the red a Raptor in the blue uh I don't know, an edge in the white, whatever you feel like. A Mustang, I probably should have said in there somewhere. You can get them, and you can drive them right off the lot because they're in stock. So they're, they're standard Ford yep. colours. Yep. They look really good, really good. I, I, I can't wait to see them under the lights, actually. And we you don't do, have to wait long. I was going to say, we do have a nighttime session as we're coming down to the last two and a half minutes. Let me just remind you of some times for our live sessions tomorrow. Um, we have session number three of the WeatherTech Championship is uh, a little before 11 o'clock, 10 minutes before 11 o'clock local time. So that's 10 to 4 back in the UK. Uh, we're then, we'll have a short break, but not that long because then we're into the uh, pre-race for the Scouts of America race for the IMSA Prototype Challenge, an hour and 45 minute contest. Then we won't be covering session four, although we'll be watching it just in case anything happens, because we're going to do uh, session number five, which is the evening session. That'll be in full darkness. That's 6.30 local time, half past 11 in the UK for an hour and a half. And then on Sunday, we'll take the penultimate practice session, which is half an hour from... 10.45 local time to 11.15 and that runs pretty much straight into the three qualifying sessions to set the pit lane positions and that will run till half past midday local time and that will conclude our live broadcast although 5 o'clock eastern time we will have Shea's daily programme that is uh, 10 o'clock in the UK somebody's just had a problem the early part of the lap and speared across the circuit now what happened there I'm not entirely certain but was very lucky not to get collected I don't see anything on the big screens and race control but somebody did notice that there was an issue out in that portion of the track black uh, a black and red car it's behind There's some of the trailers of yeah Black on the bottom, red on the top. GT car. Uh, maybe the Heart Acura? Yes. That has that sort of livery? Yeah, it could be. It is uh, green panels on the side, so that says it's a GT car. They still haven't zoomed in on anything yet. 56 or 86? 86, 86 would be an Acura, but well, that one is grey. Yeah, it's not that one. Uh, yeah don't think there's a 56 
To give you an idea of the relevant temperatures, though, what we're experiencing right now, we're at about 47 degrees Fahrenheit. This is expected to be colder than what we get during night practice tomorrow. Oh, really? It's only going down to 43 oh. tomorrow night, and that would be at the coldest point of the uh, night, which should be around three to four, somewhere in that region. So whilst I was trying to work out what car it was, through shaky binoculars, <laughs> it's it's now moved. It's got, oh no, it hasn't. No, no, no still there. Sorry, it's just turned its lights off. Is it a car or is it the safety truck you're looking at? Because no, there's no, a red no. safety truck there. Hang on, if I balance myself here, do it the old fashioned way. To give a visual for the people at home, John has just stabilized his elbow holding a binocular so that he can see more clearly. There's still not anybody zoomed in on that uh, portion of the big screen, though. As a lot of cars are coming straight into the pit lane instead of taking the checkered flag. Antonio Garcia stays out in the number three, though. He wants to uh, get every little bit of track time that he possibly can. Couple of very 69 car. It is the 69 heart Acura. It is, okay. Well yeah. So I was right the first time, even I'll share you were right the first time, even though we got the wrong number. Couple of late improvements from Tristan Vautier, who's aboard the Spirit of Daytona, car number 90 Cadillac this year. So stepping up from GTD, great opportunity for Tristan. Uh, for this year to join the locally based team here of course he's made two slight improvements in the last few minutes I think he's improved his position fourth fastest overall 137.4 last time around so it's still the number five car of uh, the, the Cadillac that leads the way that time a 137.196 Set a good bit earlier on by uh, Philip Albuquerque, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. He just shaved a tiny bit off the previous previous quick time. Uh, yep. 54 in second, the core Autosport car, yep. by Colin that Brown. one tenth. Colin Brown put that time in, and it was the quickest time for quite a long time. It was uh, set very early on, lap five. And most of the cars have done well over 40 laps. 58 for the number five car, so they've. They've just been out there pounding around, haven't they? Yeah, no one's... So it's Cadillac, Orica, Cadillac, Cadillac, Orica, Orica, Cadillac, Orica in the top eight. So that's Orica... That's four and four. Or, four Oricas and four Delara chassis. That's interesting, isn't it? Two Ligiers in the shape of the Nissans. Next up, the 32 and the two. By And the top ten within a second. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll take that, if I'm honest. Uh, best of the Acuras... Here's Simon Pagino, who's just taking the checkered flag in the number six Penske car. And he's just on a second, 1.1 seconds away. And fact set his best lap, uh, one before he took the checker. Kyle Masson finished the session for the 38 team. Good finish. He's managed to find a, uh, a, a steering. He needed a, he, he's so tall, he's six foot three. Uh, never driven the car. That brand new car just turned up at the shop about 10 days ago. So that performance tech team re done a really good job to get that car out on the track at all. And they had to they had to get a, a, a modification to the steering column so that uh, car could actually get in the car. Didn't they didn't have it this morning? So they've uh, done that uh, during, during the day. And Kyle has, has turned some laps in there at the end of the session. He um, could get in the car. He just couldn't turn the wheel because yeah. it was up against his knees. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, did we see both Mazdas? Um, no, we negative. never did see the... Oh, wait a minute. No. Nope. 
The number 77 car went out right at the end, I believe. Yeah, just turned a couple of laps. Right, not, okay. not Not a representative lap time, however. GTLM, two Porsches, uh, 9.12 from light, 9.11, tenth of a second or thereabouts between those two. Uh, the two Fords regaining their third and fourth position with uh, Sebastian Bourdais on the very last lap that he went through there, doing a 144.4, good enough for fourth place. Then the Chevy Corvette of Tonio Garcia, the number three car. Alessandro Perghidi improved ahead of the Chevy Corvette number four. So 62.4, that's your top seven. And one and a half, no, rubbish kind of. <laughs> uh, six tenths of a second, is that right? Seven tenths of a second between Jimmy Bruni and Ollie Gavin. So that's nice and tight. Uh, and then in GT Daytona, Lamborghini. The number 11 car, Mirko Bottolotti, brought that car home and saw the chequered flag. Ahead of a Porsche, 59 car in second, the right motorsports car. Yeah, it was Frank Pereira who set the time really? in that, that, that number 11 uh, Grasser racing at Lamborghini, yeah. Uh, Winkelhock in the Audi, number 44 in third. Uh, then the 25 BMW, both the BMWs out of kilter in that session. Yeah, the number 25 car turned quite a lot of laps. But wasn't particularly fast. It's uh, what uh, four seconds three, off the yeah, pace. Four yeah. seconds off the pace. Actually, it took a lot of laps. It did 48 laps, according to this. So they're clearly on uh, a very different uh, strategy of whatever they're whatever they're trying to learn there. The number 24 car uh, turned. Uh, did turn. It did that get out again at the end. But again, not really a representative lap time from car number 24. So both of the BMWs uh, not showing up where we expect them to I, be. I, I don't know what's worse going round doing a lot of laps not very quickly or not getting out at all because you've had a problem it's certainly strange to be that far off though 147.5 the best for the number 25 car whereas all the other cars in GTLM turning 144 so three and a half seconds away that's odd Stay to tuned. do that many laps yeah thank you very much to Jeremy Shaw and to Sheer Adam we'll be back tomorrow check uh, imza.com or radiolamon.com for our schedule the heart NSX is being towed back. It's all got four wheels on it, so um, whatever the problem was, I saw it spearing across from the right-hand side of the track to the left on the straight running down the International Horseshoe. So I wonder if there was just a nasty clunking sound or something like that, and Chad Gilsinger, being a man who has some mechanical sympathy and could probably have fixed it if he'd had his snap-on toolkit with him. Probably with a bit of duct tape he could have fixed it. Yeah, true enough. Uh, so that car's on its way back. Stay tuned for Shea's daily programme, the Shea Show. Oh, jeez. Comes up. <laughs> you know, you know you're going to get that. Uh, in, including Fernando Alonso mm -hmm. in this show. So worth listening uh, to that. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for more coverage of the IMSA WeatherTech Championship practice session uh, when we'll be on the air just before 11 o'clock and about 15 minutes before 11 o'clock uh, tomorrow and then running straight into the Scouts of America race for the IMSA Prototype Challenge, the first round of the championship this year, an hour and 45 minutes and then later on in the day, the evening session, 90 minutes in the full darkness here at Daytona, part of our bonus coverage and it's all live here on RS2 IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.